Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1011, it's a Monday, 16th day of October 2023. Bruce Siski Show, 610, 103.9 KDAL. Coming up in about 25 minutes, we'll talk some hockey. With our friend Pat Micheletti, impressions on the first couple of wild games as well as the opening of the college hockey season. Joining us now, live from the sick ward, voice of Bulldog football. He powered through one. I don't know how he did it Saturday. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing better than you. Good. I'm glad that we're on talking by phone as opposed to in person because I don't think you want this. I have a biohazard sign on my door. Yeah. That, that's yeah. The uh, you're you're in there wearing the you're you're calling from the hazmat suit, right? You're just wearing Indeed. that full time. I'm just bringing a bubble with me to my not. I'm just gonna sit there, inflate <laughs> it, and have a good time. Uh, I, well, luckily it's my not. Nobody'll be near anyway. So that's true. Get that going for uh, you. There you go. Um, let, let's. Well, I mean, we, first off, as a broadcaster, I salute you because I've been there. And I know it ain't fun to do what you did Saturday, so thank you for powering through that on behalf of all of us and doing what you could. My pleasure. It's, I, had a, I was telling Greg, there's only one other game that I remember that was like this. It was a senior day against Crookston. And first off, it's Crookston, so you know there's going to be an issue there in any yeah. event. But it was a senior day at Mulaski Stadium, and that was the day Colby Ring proposed to his girlfriend. Um as part of the, he introduced introduced the seniors. He came, he got down on one knee and handed over the ring. And I'm like, yeah, this is a great story. I wish I could talk about it. Yeah, Colby, <laughs> Colby Ring had a ring. That's right. I remember that. He certainly did. Yes, he did. So that was the only other game that I, that I ever remember being that sick. But uh, at least I don't have COVID. So that's nice. But uh, wow. yeah, that was a little fun game nonetheless. They played well. And, uh, just be happy with the outcome. Yeah, it's telling off air. So anybody who listens to Bulldog hockey with any regularity, twenty as of the twenty fourteen fifteen season or twenty fifteen sixteen. Now it escapes me which season it was, but either way, uh, we had exhibition games up at Lakehead. They, Lakehead had come down and played UMD a couple times in, in the you know, the preseason exhibition, and Scott agreed to go up to Thunder Bay and play uh, exhibition games up there, like the right around the New Year it was. So. We go up. I go up on Friday for a Friday Saturday series, and I'm on my way to the hotel. And I, as I'm getting towards Grand Marais, I start to like a little tickle in my throat. I hope I'm not getting sick. Probably am. I can do about it. So I get into I get into Thunder Bay, go check in the hotel, get, you know, all of this, go to the game. And Friday is for the most part pretty normal. They 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 have beat it overtime, and Andy Walensky scored with like two seconds left in overtime to win the game and avoid having to do an, a, a, an exhibition shootout in an exhibition game, which I I might have unplugged the lights in the arena if they had done that. Um, <laughs> so so they win the game in overtime, but I, my voice cracks as, as I'm calling the winning goal, and I'm like, okay, this is not good. This does not typically happen. This is a problem. So I go back to the hotel, and I am shivering. It does not matter how hot I make the room. It does not matter – like how many blankets I put over me, I am freezing. I'm like, this is bad. So I get up the next morning, 
I go get some cold medicine at whatever knockoff Walgreens they have in Thunder Bay, Ontario, and I go to Tim Hortons and I wanted donuts and I had a, so I got some Tim bits and I got some soup. And by the way, Tim Hortons has really good soup if anybody ever needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I did that. I got some soup in me. I got some decent food, and I went to call the game and I had nothing. I I had <laughs> nothing. Like I, I I cannot even impersonate how I sounded trying to call this game. And of course, UMD scores like nine goals in this game. Oh, of course, of course they do. So I get through that, and the 2011 Traverse, I'm driving back, the station vehicle I'm driving back to Duluth, luckily had seat heaters. I had the seat heater on and the heat blasting for like the first two hours of the trip home just to try to warm my body up after being in that hockey arena. It was miserable. And I didn't feel – Josh Burlow can uh, can attest because he made a couple of comments over the course of the next month. I did not feel right for a month after that. I believe it. It was not fun. No, but uh, it's sometimes, I mean, I hate to, you don't want to point Pat's stuff on the back or anything like that, but it's, people don't realize how hard that is to do. It's hard enough to call a game when you're healthy. It's Much right. Less, exactly. You know, when, when, uh, <laughs> when you're under the weather or worse yet, the weather is pummeling you. <laughs> right. So, you know, yeah. But this part of it, that's what you sign up for, right? So, yeah. We'll, We'll, we'll persevere. Yep. Uh, so Kyle Wall Jasper got what half the game off on Saturday, which is always he a good did. thing. And, and he looked good when he was out there. Jacob Egger got to run this offense for a bit. You never know what's going to happen, so that's good too. You never know when you're going to need a you know, another quarterback or a two to come up and play well, or in the case of the Bullock running backs, a three or four yeah. or five or six, and you know they uh, they all played well. The defense was especially good. Um, you know, Murray was down a number of starting players. I don't know how much difference that would have made. I thought that the uh, the defense was pretty much lights out in any event. Second shutout of the season. You have to be very happy with the way they're playing on the defensive side of the ball, too. Uh, Jeff Papis joining us talking Bulldog football. We won't keep you too long because you know, you're sick and everything. Um, so, you know, we, we talk about depth and the importance of depth and cultivating and developing depth in, in a game like that where it, it, it helps so much that they're at home for this, where you, you blow somebody yeah. out and you can literally empty the bench if you want to. And they did. You know, I, I think of someone like Ben Velasky who, uh, you know, what, where was he on the depth chart when he came in? I don't know. Um, you know, I've not seen him carry the football for the Bulldogs and here he is with a 100-yard day. Um, I think the best thing about uh, you know, Ben and his description in the media guide is that he played for a high school who was nicknamed the Terrors. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's Corey Golly, that's what he was. He squared up his shoulders and just ran over people. I mean, give him all the credit in the world. Come out and just, uh, you know, show up and be ready for your chance to game and make the most out of it in a hundred yard day. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. That's what this is all about. Is you know, you, you and, and Kurt Weezy and, and his coaching staff they talk about this all the time too. As you know, you know, and it, it's easier said than done, right? Where you know something happens that you don't expect to happen, or you get in a, you know, a situation where you got a couple of guys at the top of the depth chart down. This game turns into a blowout. All of a sudden, you're getting the ball a lot. And the more you show, well, the the tougher decisions you're creating for your coaches down the line. That's a good thing. I think so too. I mean, he knows there's a number of people in Tennessee. I mean, Kurt, you know, he knows that he's got a number of people all the way through his lineup that he can that he can call up. Some of them are going to be better than others, but you know, depth at this level is a rare luxury because you know you've got a certain number of scholarships, and UMD I don't believe fills its scholarship limit as it is. You know, their depth players are really you know they're they're going to be tested, and and 
they went out and had a chance to show themselves and did a really nice job. I mean, I, I nothing bad to say, not a single bad thing to say. They played well. Uh, Jeff Papis, a couple more here. Uh, Minot State. Oh, that's always a fun trip, I'm sure. Oh, isn't it ever? Uh, this is going to be – so I am driving to Bemidji Saturday afternoon, calling the, de- uh, the the game and leaving, and my guess is that I will beat you guys back to Duluth. I bet you probably will. <laughs> um, for me, the only – the best part about the Minot trip for me is that I get to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's – That's fair. And, it, and if that's, it's that's about it, yeah. Uh, so Minot just got its first win over the weekend. Um, yep. I, I I know that there's been progress. I, it seems like for I don't watch them play, but looking at at the scores of their games and some of the numbers from their games, it feels like there has been at least some incremental process in progress. I should say in trying to build something out there, but they ain't there yet. No, they're not there yet, and they're going to be there for maybe this year, maybe next year. Who knows? But uh, you know, they play hard, and and they are able to hold teams close. You know, USF it was seven to three on the go as they played that game. You know, they they have uh, they've come a long ways, but they still have a ways to go. Bulldogs, as I mentioned, since they joined the NSIC, have never lost to a team from North Dakota. And I wouldn't expect that that would be the case on Saturday either, frankly. But, you know, you have to scheme it up. you got to put your guys out there. Hopefully they'll have more healthy running backs this trip. And uh, and then they can get out there and, and get after it again. But, uh, yes, mine is better. But uh, how much better remains to be seen. And hopefully a healthier Jeff Papis on Saturday, 1130 pregame. Happy new Wednesday. kickoff from uh, Herb Parker Stadium in Minot uh, as the Bulldogs take on Minot State. Thank you for getting through this, man. Feel better. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, friends. See you later. All right. Jeff Papas, voice of Bulldog football here on KDAL, as we hope he feels better very, very soon. A couple more headlines from the weekend real quick, and then we got Pat Micheletti at about 1035 to talk a lot of hockey. Uh, we'll get his early impressions on the Wild and some college hockey nuggets as well with him. Uh, the Vikings are back in the win column, 19-13 over the Bears yesterday in a game that was um, – how can I say this? It wasn't very good. It's a win, and uh, as you know, I don't apologize for wins. You, you, it's too hard. Whatever it is in this day and age, it is too hard to win to apologize when you do. And the Vikings should not feel like they have to apologize for taking care of business yesterday in Chicago, it, no matter what it took. Uh, they're two and four. They got the Niners next Monday night. The Niners are banged up, so maybe this is a chance for the Vikings to give themselves a little hope in what will be, I think, a very crowded NFC playoff race when it's all said and done. So, obviously missing Justin Jefferson. And the biggest thing I noticed, and I didn't watch the whole game because it was nice out yesterday, and I was not doing that. Um, the, the thing I noticed yesterday watching what I did watch was the biggest difference in the Vikings offense with Justin Jefferson and without Justin Jefferson is the safety blanket is different. You know, Kirk has... He's got this reputation of taking checkdowns, and he still does it too often. But there are those times. The throw in Buffalo, the, the amazing catch that, that J.J. made on that fourth and 18 in Buffalo last year is a shining example where he says, screw it, I'm throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care how many guys are on him. I'm throwing him the football and letting him make the play or we're going to sink on it. Now who's that guy? TJ Hawkinson has not been reliable so far this year. He has struggled to hold on the footballs. He is not making a lot of tough catches. I don't know if that's a product of missing training camp or, or what the deal is with him. Uh, maybe all that money he just got weighing him down. I have no idea. 
but he has not been the same guy that he was in the second half of last season. And I think that's not that doesn't help when you lose Jefferson. Jordan Addison is a very, very talented player. He ain't there yet. You saw it on the on the play down the sideline yesterday. He's got to make that catch. And his hands weren't quite the right place. And he couldn't haul the ball in. That's a ball he's got to catch literally probably 95 times out of 100, if not more. And he will. He'll get there. But he's not there yet. K.J. Osborne is K.J. Osborne. He's a guy. He is. He's fine for what they ask him to do, but he can't carry this offense. He's not a guy that Kirk Cousins can look at in third and ten and just throw the ball there. Not like you could Hawkinson for parts of last year, and not like you can Justin Jefferson just about any time Justin Jefferson's on the field. That's what they're missing, and it's significant because to me what it does is for a guy who has been programmed to take checkdowns way too often in, as a quarterback, that's just how Kirk is wired. It, it it's kind of sends him back to that wiring, for a lack of a better way to say it. It puts him in a situation where he feels like he needs to take the checkdowns and avoid the turnovers. So when it's you know third down and 13 at the three-yard line, instead of hucking a ball deep and taking a shot at somebody, he throws a ball underneath KJ Osborne or to TJ Hawkinson, sorry, and just expects Hawkinson to magically break the tackle of four guys. And yes, they are the Bears, but they're still NFL players. And that did not happen. So that to me is is the thing that, that Kevin O'Connell is gonna have to try to navigate the most here. More of a running game would help. It's been there at times here the last couple of weeks. So that would be great, but it, again, are you just going to count on that being there when it hasn't been there all year? It seems like that's sketchy. Um, I mean, if, I'm, they've got my interest. If they can find a way to move the ball consistently. San Francisco's got some guys injured now. Christian McCaffrey went down with the oblique yesterday. Debo Samuel's got a shoulder. We might learn more today, we might not, but... To, the, the Niners' offense, without the two of them, looked anemic yesterday in Cleveland. Now, a function of that is the Cleveland defense, which I can promise you from having watched a couple of Cleveland games this year, their defense is unbelievably good. But the Niners looked like they could not move the football to save their lives for a good chunk of yesterday's game. That's not a great sign for San Francisco because – they go into a, a tough environment next Monday night in Minnesota. If they don't have McCaffrey and they don't have Samuel, that is suddenly a way different football game. Uh, hockey, a crazy weekend at Amsoil. 23 goals over two games. I'd have to go and, and do a lot of digging to find the last time there were 23 goals scored over a two-game series involving the UMD men at Amsoil, if it's ever happened before. Maybe I'll try to do, uh, dig that up later today. I did find out that the, the eight goals UMB put up on Saturday, it's most in a game since the Bulldogs beat Maine 8-2 to back on October 19th of 2018, almost five years ago. The 13-goal weekend, the most for UMD since it outscored Western Michigan 14-1 to over a two-game sweep in Kalamazoo February 23rd and 24th of 2018. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, good to see the offense break out. Good to see the power play have a great weekend. Seven goals on 15 tries. They added a shorthanded goal. But too many penalties. Probably not enough goaltending for Scott Sandlin's taste. 
we'll see if they how they tighten things a little defensively here going forward. They're in Bemidji uh, versus Bemidji, I should say, coming up this weekend. 1027, Pat Micheletti after the news. Bruce Siski showing KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota basketball after this. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice. Golden Gopher forward Dawson Garcia of Savage was selected to the 10-player Big Ten preseason watch list and says he's excited for the approaching season after working hard the entire offseason. Summer was good. I think it was a great time for us to just um, um, build with each other. You know, we got some new guys coming in and just compete, and that's what it really was. You know, we had bodies, we had depth, so just competing, getting after it and uh, just building into this, next, uh, this upcoming season. You're less than a month away from the first uh, exhibition game and about a month away as we record this from the, from the first real game. So what have these official practices now look like in terms of uh, competition and what you're seeing from your teammates? Yeah, it's the real deal now. And um, we've been competing get it after every single day. And But, you know, th- this is the time where we got to really lock in and focus because it can become a little monotonous going against each other every day. You kind of want to see a new... Uh, new opponent in front of you and you're just um, chomping at the bit to go um, face off versus a new opponent. So, you know, we're looking forward to seeing somebody else, but just taking these times to stay consistent. That's Dawson Garcia. You can hear my entire conversation with Dawson Garcia on the Go Gopher podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. For more info on Gopher basketball, including how to buy tickets to games, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Ten thirty-three is our time. I'll set you up for the rest of the week on the radio show. It's busy. And coming up, we'll talk some hockey. Our dear friend Pat Micheletti makes his first appearance of the hockey season. And we'll chat some wild and college puck. That's all coming up next as we continue on a Monday morning Bruce Siski show. Following CBS News, that is next, 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. Oh, God. Ron, where's my legs? Where are my legs? Y- your legs are there. I don't have any legs, Ron. I don't even know how I'm standing up. No. <clears throat> Brick, your legs are fine. The color of your pants just just matches the... Ron, I don't have any legs. The chroma key behind you. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> On 610 and FM 103.9, KDAL. 10.39. I believe we're going to have Minnesota Wilderness coach Colton St. Clair with us uh, either tomorrow or Friday. We'll see how that plays out. Also tomorrow, UMV football defensive coordinator Trey Dill. Uh, Later on this week, we'll be hearing from Jeff Reuter of The Athletic. We'll talk about Minnesota United sacking manager Adrian Heath after almost seven full seasons and uh, United's perhaps a makeover of this roster coming up in the offseason, maybe a reinvention of how they do things uh, at Allianz Field. We uh, will talk to him about that on the radio show Wednesday. Uh, also Wednesday, UMD soccer coach Greg Kane, Bulldogs pushing for a spot of the NSIC tournament with four matches to go in the regular season. Uh, UMD volleyball fifth-year senior Hope Schenken this week. 
as the Bulldogs have their pink weekend at Romano Gym coming up on Friday and Saturday. And we'll hear from uh, UMB men's hockey player TBD and Bemidji State hockey coach Tom Saratori with us this week as well. Joining us now from that neck of the woods of Mr. Saratori's, Pat Micheletti talking some hockey. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bruce, and, and what a guest lineup. Jeez, I, I'm honored to be with that uh, with that group. Good uh, good gets this week. That's good week. You. It's a, it's a, it's, we've, had a, yeah. we've had a lot of really busy weeks. We, you, you might have noticed it's been a while since you've heard from me. We've been so busy. I've been barely had time to breathe on this show for the last, uh, I don't know, four or five weeks or so. Pretty much going back to Media Day in St. Paul, we recorded 12 interviews at Media Day and have been trying to sprinkle those in over the last few weeks too. So it's been busy. Well, you know what, Bruce? I, I thought, first of all, I thought you lost my number. Secondly, you <laughs> no. know, I know where I stand on your notebook list. So, um, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, the, the bottom line is, you called today, and I did. Uh, and and I'm grateful. I did, and you texted me Saturday nights, and you picked the Gophers to finish fourth in the Big Ten, and I couldn't tell if, <laughs> I, and, I, and I couldn't tell if if the old if the old Gopher is sandbagging me or what's going on, uh, and I decided I think you're sandbagging me a little bit. Well, you know the 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 the, the thing is, Bruce. It, it's so early in the season, and and uh, you know for all of the teams, and and um, you know it's way too early to put anything on anybody, uh, regardless how they do out of the shoot. Obviously, um, you know you you want your teams to uh, get off to a great start and build the confidence, and uh, especially with the younger guys and and things of that nature. Um, but it's uh, it's it's awfully early, um, you know, to start uh, uh, predicting where teams are going to finish. And the, the margins are they're 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 not going to get any. Yep. They're not going to stop getting thinner and thinner uh, between the the. I mean, I, I look back at last year with UMD, twenty losses. Uh, if I if I ta- I could take five goals and strategically place them over those thirty seven games and turn twenty losses into twenty wins without even having to think about it. it that's it, it, it's just such a it, it, it's a difficult thing to do to try to line these teams up. Uh, but yeah, I'm not worried about the Gophers. The Gophers are going to be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. And and you know and and but but I tell you what, you're you're 100 percent correct because you know in college hockey, there it, it it's razor thin in terms of of you know winning on a nightly basis. Now you know I'll take I'll take the Minnesota uh, win on Saturday night, three uh, nothing win over St. Thomas. That game was determined by just one play, and that was a turnover by St. Thomas at their blue line, and you don't allow a, 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 a pure goal scorer like Jimmy Snuggerud to miss, right? Yep. And But that's what happens. It can be a hit. It could be a, a check. It could be a save. It could be a block shot. Anything that can just turn the tide of a game and the result turns out in your favor or against you. So um, it, it, it's very, very razor thin in, in college hockey. And, um, all you know, there's a lot of really, really – Good teams. You can you can say a lot of really really good teams, or you can say a lot of mediocre teams that are all the same. So um, you know it, it's just uh, it's it's awfully tight. Uh, 
surprised at all. I mean, it's not surprised, not the right word, but uh, Luke Strand debuts at Minnesota State Mankato over the weekend, and yep. all they all they did was sweep St. Cloud State. And I, I, you know, the NCHC media certainly thought highly of St. Cloud State going into the season. The CCHA media did not think highly of Minnesota State Mankato going into the season. Uh, that was the that one uh, that caught my eye. Let's just say that over the weekend in Mankato. Well, I think what you see in it with, a, with a lot of uh, uh, programs, when they get a new coach, um, they, they use the old chip on the shoulder. They use the, 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 the new blood uh, with a new coach, a new excitement, a new atmosphere. And, and I think that's, um, that's certainly helped. Uh, it's helped Wisconsin off to the start that they have. And it, it certainly has helped Minnesota State. Um, you know, when, when players defect and go somewhere else and, you know, you just build all this up and then you get everybody believing that. And then you get the fans behind you and, uh, there's excitement there now. And, uh, and, you know, uh, listen, I, I think Brett Larson will, um, get his uh, team on track. Uh, they have too many good players and, and so forth and so on. But again, it's early in the year. And, and one thing, Bruce, that, I've really found, and, and Minnesota is a prime example of, of, of going through those stages right now, is they lose Brock Faber, Jackson Lacombe, and Ryan Johnson on the back end. Three of the top defensemen in college hockey a year ago. I don't think anyone will uh, deny that. So you have really good players behind them in Luke Middlestead and, and Ryan Chesley, <clears throat> where last year – they didn't have to be the guys. And this year, all of a sudden, they get a new role. And I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I went through the same thing when I played at Minnesota. Um, in front of me was Butsy Erickson and Scott Bugstead, Steve Griffith, guys like that. They had to um, carry the mail for us, right? And, and we were secondary uh, players. Then all of a sudden, they leave, and you're the guy. And, and, and I only equate that back to me is because, you know, being there, you have to, um, uh, all of a sudden it comes at you and you have to process it and you have to understand it and accept it and do it. And that's not an easy thing to do. And it takes time. And every team goes through that with different players every year. I'm sure UMD is doing the same thing with some of their younger players that are now in significant significantly higher role so it takes time it will work um but you just you got to be patient pat mcleddy joining us uh, i can confirm after having watched the post-game press conference on saturday that after watching his team concede 10 goals and uh, six power play markers over two nights against northern michigan scott sandlin still has his full head of hair yeah <laughs> you know and you know and that's the that's the great thing about scott is that, there, you know, if, if you look throughout his whole coaching career, there, he doesn't panic because, you know why? He believes in himself. He believes in, in the process that um, he knows where his team has to get to, and he's patient with it. And, you know, hey, listen, uh, a lot of people could be throwing clipboards and this and that. No, you know, um, you know all is miserable. Um, he takes a more cerebral approach to it, and he knows what he has. And it just, um, you know, he, he understands that, you know, you just don't build it overnight. You know, 
uh, you know, it's a day-to-day, a week-to-week, a month-to-month, and, you know, you get to where you want to get to at, at, the, uh, at, the, at that particular time. Uh, Pat, you mentioned the name Brock Faber. Uh, the Minnesota Wild allowed seven goals on Saturday, lost seven to four, and Brock Faber was a plus three. Uh, if that doesn't tell you uh, what you know, what, what lies potentially ahead of this young man in the National Hockey League, I, and I plus minus, I get it, it's overrated. But in a night where yep. every Wild defenseman was a minus, basically, and was on the ice for goals, Brock Faber was a not just not a minus; he was a plus three. That's incredible. Um, it, it's something else. Uh, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of college hockey players, as you have, and, you know, the the kid is just, I don't even know how to explain him. He, I mean, he's so measured, so even-keeled, so understands um, his strengths, his weaknesses, uh, and his ability to not panic. Uh, it, it's just, uh, you know, he's a, he's been a treat to be around. He's been a treat to watch and, uh, you know, it's just been a seamless, uh, transition for him into the national hockey league. It, it, watching him. And I, I go even the watching him practice the, the practice they had up here in Duluth, uh, a few weeks ago we were at, and, uh, it just doesn't seem like anything phases him. He has no panic point. And I've seen a lot of guys. I, I think my Matt Niskanen, who was a very, very good yep. skating defenseman up at Virginia MIB. And I remember the first time I talked to Scott Sandler about Matt Niskanen, and he said he has no panic point. And, and yeah. you know, a guy like that can go a long way because nothing phases him. Brock Faber is the same way. And I, and I don't know, you know, he, he's a better skater than Matt Niskanen probably ever was, but Brock Faber, nothing phases the guy. It's incredible. Well, he knows he's good. Um, he doesn't come out and tell you he's good, but he knows it. And there's another guy that that really reminds me of, of Brock, and 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 uh, and you may know this guy a little bit. Um, he was a he was a right winger for the UMD Bulldogs, and his name was Brett Hall. <laughs> and I remember, I no, and it's seriously, I, and I remember lining up against Brett, you know, a number of times, and he'd just look at me and he'd start talking about anything with a big smile on his face. And it was like, and I, and I equate it to, to Brock in a sense, where he was just out there having fun. He knew he was good. He knew he could score goals. And it didn't matter who it was against. If it was against the Russians, if it was against uh, Team Canada, if it, was, you know, if it was against Minnesota or North Dakota or Wisconsin, he would be the same player. And if you can have those attributes... Um, you are going to succeed, and that's and it didn't matter what building you were in, and so and that's just the type of some guys just just have that. I know what I have to do. I'm gonna. This is what I do, and it's my job. It's my work, and I'm gonna have fun at it, and I'm good at it. And so it doesn't matter what the uh, what the circumstances are, and those those players are really really hard to find. I tell you, I'm excited to watch this guy as the year goes on. I can promise you that. Pat, thank you as uh, as always. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right. Sounds great, Bruce. Thank you. All right, be good. Pat Micheletti joining us. Talk some hockey on the radio show. We are busy this week. We'll reset what's coming up tomorrow, and a couple more things happening this week. Wrap things up with this Monday morning. Ryan Phelps prep update is next. 10:51. Bruce Siski show. 6:10. 103.9 KDAL. For Twin Ports home for UMB Bulldog Hockey. Shot score. UMB. KDAL.
Back at it this weekend in Bemidji. Well, at home and then in Bemidji, I guess. Friday at 7 in Duluth. Saturday at 6 in Bemidji here on KDAL. Bemidji coach Tom Saratori later on this week. Minnesota Wilderness coach Colton St. Clair later on this week. UMB football defensive coordinator Trey Dill is with us on the radio show tomorrow. As we talk some Bulldog football, they head to Minot. Why not Minot? Saturday afternoon. Brad Bennett, sound off after the news. Have a great Monday. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28, FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.